Welcome. You are listening to Central Synagogue's podcast, featuring sermons, lectures, and conversations from Manhattan's historic Central Synagogue. I'm Rabbi Angela Bookdahl. Each week, we invite you to listen to messages of strength and hope given by our clergy on Shabbat or Jewish holidays. You can also listen to audio recordings of other programs and lectures given at Central by subscribing to this podcast on the platform of your choice. If you'd like to watch our live stream services or learn more about our congregation, I invite you to visit us at centralsynagogue.org. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon. And raise me up to a world living, oh, safe from the storm, in the shelter of your shadow. So I had the pleasure of meeting David Fromer about 20 years ago when he and Beth Kalish, a former student of mine in Scarsdale, New York, had been asked to be the student leaders of the Reform High Holiday Services at Yale. This was a job that I had done about a decade before. So David and Beth came over with what is called a tape recorder. Maybe you remember those. And we sat around the dining room table and they'd say, and we sang a Venu Malkainu into the tape recorder and then we sang the Shema Kaleinu into the tape recorder. And I don't exactly know if it worked or not, but both Beth and David became clergy, so I feel pretty good about that. <laughs> because I have known David for so long, I can definitively say that I am introducing one of the colleagues who is most admired and beloved of all of our colleagues. I want to thank Rabbi Dan Ross for suggesting that we invite him and his cadets in honor of Veterans Day and for taking care of all of the arrangements so that they could feel some of our hospitality even with COVID restrictions. Gander David Fromer grew up here in New York City. He attended Central Synagogue and became bar mitzvah right on this bima. Then he went on to Yale where he graduated with honors in history. This is not a wholly unique trajectory for some of our terrific students from Central Synagogue. But from there, he forged a most unusual path. David enlisted in the Israeli Defense Services as a lone soldier, where he served with distinction in the Nahal Infantry Brigade. He then went on to Cantorial School, where he was also simultaneously commissioned in the Army National Guard as a chaplain candidate. Following ordination, Cantor Fromer became the first Cantor to ever serve as a chaplain in the U.S. military. And he served our country in Afghanistan, Kuwait, Jordan, and Qatar. Qatar, sorry. Most recently, he had been activated for service in response to forest fires and even the COVID pandemic response. Just last year, David and his wife, Rabbi Carla Fenvis, who was Central Synagogue's amazing community organizing intern many years ago here, made the momentous decision to move their entire family from San Francisco so that David could serve as the Jewish chaplain at the U.S. Military Academy at West Point. Cantor Fromer has been decorated with more honors than I can list, but it includes the Afghanistan Campaign Medal and an Air Force Commendation Medal. All of this, and he is a supreme mensch. You are all meeting a true 
Jewish American hero tonight, one who has justly earned our admiration and our gratitude for the many ways that he has devoted his life in service to his cadets, to his country, and to the Jewish people. We are truly honored to welcome you back to Central Synagogue, where your Jewish journey began. We say welcome home, David. Shabbat Shalom. First of all, let me thank the Central Synagogue clergy uh, for inviting me and the West Point Jewish Chapel Choir and our cadets to join you this evening in anticipation of Veterans Day next week. As a child of this congregation, it's especially meaningful to return home on this Shabbat because our Torah portion, Parshat Toldot, is in fact the very portion that I studied for my bar mitzvah here at Central Synagogue 27 years ago. I remember that I enthusiastically learned all of my Torah chanting, but in an early sign that the future was not, uh, that my future was not in the rabbinate, I flatly refused to write a sermon, forcing my mother to take desperate action. For tonight, I considered reusing the sermon that she wrote. I mean that I wrote. But West Point is uh, less forgiving about academic integrity than Rabbi Tom Weiner was. So this may be the second time that I've spoken about Parshat Toldot from this bima, but it's the first time I've actually had anything to say. <laughs> Two days ago, I was delighted to learn from a Jewish graduate of West Point that I am not the only one returning to Central Synagogue this evening. On May 27, 1951, Central hosted a memorial program in honor of fallen U.S. service members. It was broadcast nationally on ABC Radio's Message of Israel, and it featured a musical performance by a very special guest vocal ensemble, the West Point Jewish Chapel Choir, which marshaled 33 singers for the occasion. That impressive number reflects the vast scale of American Jewish commitment to the military during the era of World War II. 550,000 American Jews, representing 11% of the national Jewish population, served in that conflict alone. But during the last 70 years, deeply affected by the legacy of Vietnam, the percentage of American Jews in military service has dwindled to less than 2%. A Pew Research Center report in 2020 listed the 15 most popular professional fields in American Jewish employment. And while hunting and mining were included, military service was not. The American Jewish community's relationship to the armed forces in the present and to veterans of the past is thus somewhat conflicted. We are wholeheartedly grateful to our veterans and wish to honor their service and sacrifice. But we are also comfortable, apparently, with the idea that fewer and fewer Jews seem to be counted in their numbers. Likewise, we are generous in our support of current Jewish service members, sending them care packages, inviting them to synagogue, donating to the Jewish Welfare Board, but hesitating to send them the one thing they truly need. 
While traveling in Afghanistan, I asked an isolated Jewish soldier if she needed any supplies like prayer books or yarmulkes. Send me more Jews, she said. How do we explain our attenuated numbers in our country's armed forces? Surely the Jewish historical experience in Europe offers relevant context. The legacies of Alfred Dreyfus in France, of conscripted Jewish children in Russia, and of murdered Jewish veterans in Germany convinced our forebears that serving within the European ranks was just as dangerous as being excluded from them. Both Central Synagogue and I owe our existence here in America in part to ancestors who fled to this country seeking to escape conscription for military service. Leopold Schwarzkopf, a founder of this congregation, and Barney Fromer, my grandfather. Consider for a back to the future moment what this evening might have looked like if Leopold and Barney had seen a future for themselves in the armies of Bohemia and Poland. But on a more fundamental level, Judaism's discomfort with warfare can be traced all the way back to the two central characters of Parshat Toldot, Jacob and Esau. Even before birth, they struggle in the womb, and as they age, their differences are highlighted in stark relief. Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the outdoors, the Torah describes. But Jacob was a mild man who stayed in the tents. Though each brother has his flaws, Esau is short-sighted and bellicose, Jacob deceitful and opportunistic, Jewish tradition has always revered Jacob as a patriarch of our faith, while denigrating Esau, who lives by his sword, as the progenitor of Israel's enemies. Hardly a role model for aspiring Jewish officers and soldiers. In this interpretation, however, the rabbis succumb to oversimplification where a nuanced understanding is more accurate. Rather than thinking of Jacob and Esau as the respective epitome and antithesis of a Jewish character, I encourage us to consider them as two sides of the same Jewish character. Jacob's best qualities of intelligence, forethought, and perseverance should always be the hallmarks of our Jewish identity. They are the branches on which the beauty of Jewish culture has always blossomed. But our orchards were ravished, ravaged throughout the ages in their vulnerability until here in America, for the first time in the history of our diaspora, George Washington, quoting our ancient prophet Micah, promised us a different future. Here we found a home that strives to honor the Jewish value of B'Tselem Elohim, respecting the humanity of every person despite their dif our differences. And when Esau's sword is needed to defend this home, then Jews should be the first ones to wield it. Anyone who remembers me from my childhood at Central can tell you how inconceivable it is that I ended up serving in the US Army, given that I made Jacob look like Esau but military service does not require heroic feats of physical might or blind endorsement of armed conflict. All it requires is a sense of gratitude that we were born here, not by the grace of God in impoverished shtetls like my grandfather or police states like my father-in-law, but here in America. And a commitment that when fellow Americans and especially fellow Jewish Americans are called upon to serve in her defense, 
We will not let them walk alone. There's no one way to honor veterans, and in a country where less than 1% of the entire population serves at all, even the smallest gestures of support are greatly appreciated. But as Jews, we can do more. When God first calls to Abraham with the mobilization order to leave his home and journey to an unknown land, Abraham responds with a single word, hineni, here I am. The great rabbinical sage Rashi explains that hineni is the language of humility and preparedness, a sense of purpose even when the outcome is unsure. It is to be expected that Abraham, Jacob, Joseph, and Moses each respond when summoned with this sacred answer. They are the great moral exemplars of our faith. But it is surprising to note that here in Parshat Toldot, Esau also answers when summoned by his father with the word hineni. Both Jacob and Esau respond with readiness to serve, each in their own way, when they are called to do so. May we each hear our own call to service, perhaps in the military, perhaps elsewhere. May we answer with hineni like Jacob and Esau, like the Jewish cadets who stood here at Central Synagogue in 1951, and the Jewish cadets who stand here this evening in 2021. May our service honor all veterans, but particularly Jewish veterans who on a very difficult and lonely path paved the way for all of us. With those sacred hopes, we offer this prayer for America's military personnel. Ribono shalom, Ribono shalom. Ahanu korim levirkatcha, al chay al etzva artsot habrit. Hanashim vehagvarim, hamitzim shegvoratam, umsirutam limdinateinu, negina al kulanu. Ribono shalom, Ribono shalom, Yoser mikolanu, Nosim tefilah, Whether by hell, land or 
Thank you for listening to this edition of Central Synagogue's podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you're in the loop on future episodes. And please follow us on social media or watch our live stream at centralsynagogue.org, our Facebook page, or on national cable at the Jewish Broadcasting Service. Thanks again for joining us. Hey, hey, hey.